right. As a co-host with Archbishop Desmond Tutu on the BBC show Facing the Truth, Donna Hicks was a key member of a three-part television series which brought victims and perpetrators of the Northern Ireland conflict together to find resolution. Donna, thank you for being on Talk with Francesca today. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Donna, what is dignity really, and why do you feel it's so important? Well, dignity, it's a very simple concept, and every single one of us knows what it is. It's that feeling of uh, whether or not you're worthy, the feeling of whether or not you are a good enough person. It's just this question about our value and worth. And my simple definition is, is just that, that our dignity is our inherent value and worth, something that we're born with. And, and what made you really study dignity and mm-hmm. write a book about dignity? What is it about it? Well, I've been working um, in the field of international conflict for about 25 years now, and it was so clear to me when I was bringing parties together for these dialogues in, well, I started out in the Middle East, but also worked in Sri Lanka, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. um, and elsewhere in the world on these really tough conflicts. And they would be sitting at these tables trying to have a discussion about how to resolve the, the political issues that divided them. When at the same time, Francesca, there was always another conversation that was taking place, what I call under the table, but yet there were no words to the conversation. Tell us more. Yeah, they were more like emotional outbursts. They were more like all of a sudden you could see somebody's face turn bright red or you could hear someone's voice become very shrill. And I knew, I knew because I'm a psychologist and I look for the unspoken conversations that are taking place. And I knew that this emotional undercurrent that was going straight under the table was really making a mess of their ability to resolve their issues. Right. And you decided that... And And I realized that this is about their dignity. You know, it would be, if I were to put words to the conversation, it would be, how dare you treat us this way? You know, don't you see we're human beings? Don't you see how unfair this is? So that's, those are the words, the content I would put to those conversations. And ever, ever since I figured out this was about their dignity. They really felt like they weren't being treated as human beings. Basically, that's all I'm doing now is creating spaces for people to talk about their dignity. So, so tell us more about that. So, so how would somebody take away someone's dignity? Well, that's the interesting thing. There's a, there's a misconception out there that we can, can have our dignity taken away. Now, this I learned from Nelson Mandela. Oh, Let's hope, keep our fingers crossed, he, he does well. He's yes. in the hospital now. Yes. Uh, but what he, he taught me that nobody can take your dignity away from you, that it can be trampled upon, it can be assaulted, and you can really hurt from a dignity wound. Mm-hmm. But our dignity is only in our hands. This is what he said, and this is how he survived Robben Island for 27 years. Mm-hmm. He said, our dignity is in our hands only, and we definitely need to pay attention when someone violates it. But if we, if we forget and we think somebody else is in charge of our dignity, we're in trouble. We're in deep trouble. I think it, you're being a psychologist, obviously. I mean, I think that some people have an easier time with not allowing someone to attack them. Mm-hmm. Right? As If you know, you're brought up in an environment where you're treated a certain way, yeah. then you're more likely to be treated the same way as an adult. So you're vulnerable. Those of us who grew up in situations where we were constantly having our dignity violated, you know, whether it's through bad parenting or teachers who were, you know, not so aware of how Mm. vulnerable kids were or or kids are, 
or whether it's just siblings and, and classmates. You know, human beings can be very cruel. And, we're, oh, and I think we're not even aware of the extent to which we do this on a, on a daily basis, you know, violate each other's dignity. And so this is basically why I'm doing what I'm doing, uh, is to raise awareness about how vulnerable we all are. Mm. Yes, we're equal. You know, we all have value and worth. There's no question about that. Mm. But we're also vulnerable. And we just have to, to, to figure out those ways in which we, let's say inadvertently, let's say we're not even conscious of the ways that we hurt people. But this dignity campaign that I'm on, <laughs> it's really a campaign, is to it just is. raise awareness. So you know? as a child, did, was your dignity violated? Yeah, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. So was that the, um, is that what drove you to really... I think so. Of you know, course, it's interesting. Yeah. Someone, yeah. Another radio interviewer asked me this question, and I, I stopped, and I, and I thought, yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, the reason why this issue means so much to me right. is not just because I saw it with negotiators at these international conflicts. I certainly saw it there, but I realized that this issue, I knew this stuff you, you long knew- before I put words to it, if you know what I mean, as a little kid. So when you grow up in a dysfunctional family, it's... But doesn't uh, everybody? I think so. I've yet to meet a perfectly functional family. Mm. I don't know about you, but Mm-mm. I'm still looking for that. Yeah, no, I don't know that it exists. I don't know either. <laughs> and, 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 sure. and the ones that look like they're really functioning are probably the least functioning. Yeah, they do a good uh, right. cover-up. So yeah. tell us, so, so, so as a child, then your dignity was violated, and then... So how did you go from... From that to really studying dignity and, and mm. being on this campaign? Well, I think because my interest in psychology was always at the forefront of my education, I think um, I always wanted to understand how could people be so cruel to one another? Well, how can they be? I don't know. I mean, well, how do I know? Because we all are the walking wounded. And the meaner you are and the more uh, bigger a dignity violator you are, my my research tells me, the more you've been violated yourself. Right. So this is really a consciousness raising, and well, certainly also changing your behavior, but recognizing that cycle of indignity. It's very hard, though. It's very hard. I mean, just just because you see something, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. you'd be in therapy for years talking about the same problem, but just in identifying it, and yeah, that's 50% of the the problem. But so what? The other 50% still has to be addressed and changed. And change is a very difficult thing for people. Right. Well, you know, I, I agree. I mean, this is the work that, that I do, and, and it's not easy. However, my, my sense is that when people can really get a grasp on honestly and feel this sense of their own worth and value, mm. the change happens a little more quickly. It's the big work is getting people to recognize, oh, my, not only am I valuable. but And I, good enough. And good enough. I say you're invaluable, priceless, right. and irreplaceable. Right. So if you think about that, I just gave a graduation address and I told the, the graduates, you know, whenever you feel like you're engaging in self-doubt, remember my words, you're invaluable, you're priceless and you're irreplaceable and that'll get you back on track again. So let's talk about some essential elements yeah. of dignity, um, you know, the trigger to connection or disconnection. So when you honor people's dignity, it is a way of really strengthening your relationships with them. And so what do I mean about that? So I have 10 ways that I came up with. I'll just go through them quickly. Yes, do. No, please do. So when you honor somebody's dignity, you accept their identity no matter who they are. You give them recognition. That's the second one, recognition of their unique qualities and ways of life. Mm -hmm. You acknowledge what their 
saying to you, you acknowledge what happened to them. You know, let's say something really bad happened and and their 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 dignity was violated. Right, right. You, they and just then, need to be acknowledged that that happened. But that's very hard to do with those people because then yeah. they're violating your dignity. And it goes back and forth. It goes it, back. And it forth. really does. Exactly. It really does. So um, then another one is safety. So when you honor somebody's dignity, you make them feel safe. And we all know about psych- uh, physical safety, but psychological safety is a little trickier. Because how do you how, do that? Well, it just, again, it's being aware of the impact that you have on other people. Are you making them feel like they can be their authentic self? Are you making them feel they can speak up when something is wrong? And this, this safety issue is big in the corporate world. When I, where I work in the corporate world, a lot of the employees don't feel safe to speak up to their bosses. Well, of course, when they're bo- yeah. I mean, this is so obvious, but right. you wouldn't believe what an epidemic it is. Oh, really? It's a huge, oh, it's, yeah. In the corporate world, this fear of speaking up is just, you know, it's rampant. It's well, rampant. because the people have to support their families and they're afraid if they speak up. You know what they call right? it? They call it career suicide. If they speak up. If they speak up. Well, it's career suicide also if they don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a different sort of killing of yourself by not, you know, by taking all that negative energy and and not speaking up about it. So it's really a dilemma. It is a dilemma because, again, I mean, if you have to pay your bills and you have to support a family and and you feel that that's going to, um, you know, jeopardize your position. Now, the thing is, though, I mean, having worked around this issue, this is probably the central issue that I've worked with in the corporate world is around getting people to feel safe to speak up to the dignity violations they're experiencing. There are ways of doing it. And I feel really um, confident that with the right training, you can work with people to get them to be able to deliver the message. See, this is part of the problem. The people who don't feel safe are afraid to talk to their bosses because they don't know how to give them that feedback. Right. So there is a very, you know, step by step way of helping people deliver it so it doesn't feel like a weapon to the boss. But but before we we go through that, give us some examples of dignity violations in the workplace. Um, yeah. Well, okay. well, let's, work, relationships, anything. We're well, all... let's just say, um, you know, take some of these elements. So if you are from a different race, a different culture, a different you know ethnic group or religion and you feel that you're treated as less than because of it, it's, it's the classic discrimination stereotyping right. problem. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a violation of your uh, identity. Or um, if you're not given recognition for the way you, um, you know, let's just say you have a different sexual orientation, you have a different language, you have a different way of being in the world, and you, you are, again, dismissed because of that or treated as less than because of it's all about being treated as less than and less than less than than valuable less than worthy and how would how would that show up what would that look like well it depends i mean um again if somebody is from another culture and comes i mean this happens in the u.s all the time anywhere where there's an immigrant population people come into the communities and they they form their own little enclaves because they don't feel like oh belonging is another way of um they don't feel exclusion exclusion is another way of violating people's dignity people from immigrant communities come into the you know let's say the u.s or europe or wherever and again they form their own uh little enclaves because they don't feel safe they don't feel included you know they may not speak the language they may not understand the culture and so they're and they're not welcomed. But then you know. on the other end, then they don't let people in. 
that's the other side of it. That's you the know, reciprocal dignity violation. Right. It goes. It's that's like, the cycle. you know, they're not they don't they don't feel included. And yeah. so they. That's right. And they don't include it, it's a self. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy at times. That's a very old school kind of thing. Though, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Don't you think it is? It is. You right. know, like uh, families who, you know, it's like it's like the, the um, mother-in-law that doesn't. Um, doesn't um, welcome the, the daughter the bride in, in. Yes. or, or, you know, the, the daughter knows never good enough yeah. for the son or the, Oh my, you know, yes. I that mean, stuff. that's, those are great examples, but that's really, that yeah. is be, and, and it is very common um, in families where they did yeah. come from other countries. That's right. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's so complex, you know, it, and they don't see that either. No, no, no. And this is why it's they're so just imp- sticking together. Right. It's so important to be able to speak up to that and say, look, you know, I can give you an example of a way to do that. You'd say, let's say you're the daughter-in-law speaking to the mother-in-law or the daughter-in-law. Yeah, right. And she might say, look, you know, my relationship is really important. My relationship with you is really important to me. Is there some way that we can work out so that we would have a, you know, an easier relationship? Because I'm, I'm really not feeling like part of the family. I'm feeling like I'm you know, on the margins here of this family. And I, I don't think you want me to feel that way. So work with me on this. Mm. So something like that. Well, but it takes a strong person to do that it and takes, skilled It person. takes a strong, skilled person to do that. Yeah. But the likelihood is if you're dealing with someone who um, has had their dignity violated and they didn't yeah. feel included, it, it, I mean, it sounds great in theory, mm-hmm. but I question whether or not they could really let that person well, again, my, my sense of this work, of the dignity work, is that mm. with you and your partner or you at people with whom you're really close, your family, your colleagues, if you don't have this common language, mm. if you don't share these, this understanding of these dignity principles, mm-hmm. it's harder to do. But if you and your partner or your friend, whomever, both agree that you're going to try to establish your relationship in a way where you honor each other's dignity in these 10 ways then it it it's still hard but at least they have a uh some way of saying okay you know like i'm sending you a signal my dignity feels violated in fact one of the things i do in the corporate world is to say when you're in a staff meeting and somebody's violating your dignity you just say ouch that's the agreed upon signal right that's it's a good ouch. one and that's kind of playful it's, it's not and too... because you've got to have a sense of humor about this stuff too because it's too damn serious yeah because you know, right because if you can start upset. getting like oh there they go yes. again. oh that sensitive yes. one or the one who yes. takes everything so personally right right oh you get labeled that easily yeah but if you sort of have a sense of humor and you just say ouch you'd be surprised how it captures the attention of everybody not just the dignity violator so donna how is dignity different than respect? Glad you. I, asked I, that. You know, it's funny because growing up, my father always said, uh, "Rest his soul." Um, you know, you've you've got to respect yourself, and you've and, and you know, but you have to respect your elders, and yes, <laughs> yes, and and but yeah, you know, there wasn't necessarily, you know, it's it's like do as I say, not as I do. Oh boy, of, right? Don't you love that one? Yeah. 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 Well, it, it's a very important distinction, and yeah. Yeah. I think that. Dignity, as I said, is something that we're all born with. We're all born. We may not be born knowing how to act like we have dignity, Mm. but we all are born with inherent value and worth. But respect, on the other hand, I think is something that we earn. Yes. You know, we earn somebody's respect. Well, I've got to share just a funny little story. I was just all of um, 17 and... um, 
and I didn't want to go to college, and so I was going to have to work, and and uh, my father said, well, okay, then you're going to need to buy a car, blah, blah, blah. At the time, the boyfriend says to me, um, you know, well, we'll get you a We'll get you a Ford. I, I'm, this is a lot of years ago. So uh-huh. now, as I'm telling you the story, it's going through my head and going, oh, wait a minute, what happened? But anyway, bottom line is I'll never forget that um, he said, you know, we'll get, a, we'll get you a Ford. And my father said, no daughter of mine's going to drive a Ford. <laughs> right. And so, but anyway, what ended up happening was just tell your boyfriend he has to have more respect. Anyway, right. I go back to him. My father says that you don't respect him. And Oh, oh, my no. father. He said, well, I'm going to say something to your father. Uh, and the two of them, they got into this big conversation about respect. Father, very old school, Sicilian, always, you know, and looking back, it's just really funny, yes. you know. But yeah. I mean, so respect was something that in, in the old days, anyway, you yeah. just did respect your elders. No, no, it's true. And I think. And it is different. It's different because I think when you when I mean, I hear this all over the, you know, all over the world where there's conflicts. People demand to be respected. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, but you can't demand respect. I think that's part of the problem. They're demanding something. What they should be demanding is being treated as a human being. That's the dignity part. They should be demanding to be treated with dignity. But respect, I'm sorry, it's, you know, when I respect somebody, I want to say, oh, I want to be like that person or I admire that person so much, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But dignity is a birthright that each, each and every one of us deserves to be treated um, as if we are something of value. Just let's just shift gears a little bit and talk about relationships, mm. couples and relationships, because of course there's so much of that we could go on and on forever. Oh, yeah. But but so how are relationships? Um, how do they find dignity within the relationship, or how does it get violated? Well, first of all, as I as I mentioned before, I think relationships do really well if they have an awareness of of this uh, topic so both people so i i honestly think both people have to be committed to to treating each other well and so but you know in relationships what happens it's just really astounding that we get thrown into relationships right Uh right. when we have no training we have no education about how to be in relationships and that is any wonder that the divorce rate is so high you know i mean i've been divorced myself twice and and yet, um, I, I I had no clue. And you basically you replay all the old stuff from your family, exactly, and it gets perpetrated onto this relationship. So absolutely, I mean, and so I first thing is I, I say to people when thinking about how to strengthen a, a you know a intimate romantic relationship is is to um, recognize that the relationship is something separate from the two of you, and that it has to be honored. Right. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. it's a, an incredible. Well, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah. And so to really uh, make a commitment that this relationship, you know, between us is going to have to depend on whether or not there's dignity in the way we treat each other as human beings. And oh. then the relationship it gets, you know, strengthened and. But you know how it goes in the thick of things, right? Oh, shoot. Are you kidding? Of course. Right. Why do you think I wrote about this? I mean, I (laughs) gave you a chance to practice. I'm a recovering dignity violator. I mean, I I know this stuff. I know both sides of it. Okay. So so talk about um, some things that people do that really violate your dignity. My dignity or just in general? In general. Or yours, whatever, either or. Well, it depends. Now, this is a good question because... Depending on what your vulnerability is as a human being. Now, Mm. you're so, you know, I may have had, um, let's say I suffered from lack of recognition or I suffered from my identity. 
I'm feeling really shaky about my identity, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then those issues will come back at me and bite me, you know, Ooh, yeah. at every single time. But whereas you, you may have other issues. You may may feel like exclusion is something that you had early on in your life that left you very vulnerable. Or right. you may have felt like you've been treated so unfairly by your family or by your sisters and brothers or whoever. But that it just depends on which of those elements you are particularly vulnerable to. And, and then you get triggered. And then you get triggered. And then, but and then it that flares all, up. And then it flares, exactly. Yeah. And then it's really hard because then the first thing you want to do is attack. Abo- that, well, because, well, I suppose. I mean, different people react, react differently. Some people withdraw. Yeah, it's either it's fight or flight. It is. Yeah. It's either fight or flight. That's true. And, 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 which, and are just, you, which do you do? Uh, I, I, I can do both really well. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm really good at both of them. <laughs> But I guess I'm a fighter first. Then yeah. you know it depends on what the conflict is, right? If somebody, yeah, yeah. if somebody uh, really, if it's not a really close relationship, I'll probably withdraw rather than fight it out. But if they're both dysfunctional, yeah. But you know something. But but those are the ones that are actually easier to practice on. The ones that don't yes. have as much value to you. Yes, that's true. Right. Although I mean, you could spend your whole life being fabulous in business and not right. taking any crap. Right. Right. And then, but at home, it's a whole different story. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. you retreat. So I don't know, I guess. Right. Right? I mean, this is to me, I'll tell you, Francesca, this is a daily practice for me. Some days I feel like I'm really good at it. I can go through an entire day not violating anybody or or and let's put it this the more positive way. I feel like I can go through a, an entire day where I feel like I've honored people's dignity left and right. And then there are other times when I just completely lose it and I've got to get back on right. track again. And here's the other thing about one of the other elements of dignity is apology, is apologizing. And it could, so often it's the hardest one to do when you mm. think you might have violated somebody's dignity, especially if you've gotten into a fight with them. Oh, we're really good at, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can go for the jugular when oh, I, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I'm good at that. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you have to just say, look, I was overwhelmed. I, you know, I was triggered. I had this, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that I hurt you and I'm going to try the best I can not to do that again. Because, you know, it's one thing to say you're sorry, but you want to try. They want you to change the behavior. They don't want you to keep coming and begging Doing forgiveness. Doing the same thing. Right, right, right They right, want right. you to say, okay, I'm going to change my behavior. But people don't change their behaviors that much, do you think? Well, it, it depends. I mean, I've seen people make massive changes to their behavior. Give us an example. Well, I, I'll just use the corporate world. I, I, I've worked with um, a lot of managers who have recognized how destructive their unconscious dignity violations are to the people whom they supervise. And they have, I mean, I know several people, managers, who have made dramatic changes in the way they, the way they treat their employees. And they, they, because they recognize not only does it make for a happier workplace, but they get much so much more out of people when people feel like they're being treated well. So much more productivity. But so much more productivity. There's a kind of a fine line, though, sometimes between being almost. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll ask you the question: Isn't there a fine line between being too nice, in sort of quotes, right, and respecting someone's dignity? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a funny. Well, here, here's what a funny I say. place. Here's what here's the here's what I said that um, honesty without. Kindness is cruelty, all right? Yeah. So that's going at the jugular, telling somebody how bad they are, Kindness, right? repeat that, kindness. So honesty without kindness yeah. is cruelty. Okay. And, and cru- um, 
kindness without honesty is, and somebody once said to me. Inauthentic. Inauthentic. Is exactly. it inauthentic? Unauthentic. Inauthentic. Uh, you know. know, you get Whatever. the point. You get the yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. It's like being obsequious, right? You're. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's, it's not just about being nice. It's about how you deliver information because sometimes Francesca telling somebody what they're doing wrong is the greatest gift that, you know, you That's can right. give that person. Absolutely. So it's not it gives always, them a chance to, it gives them a chance to look at themselves, hold the mirror up and say, Oh my gosh, I wasn't even aware I was doing that. Thank you so much for telling me. Oh, right? but that's, yeah, that's hard. But people don't, want to look at themselves necessarily well this is what the training is all about that i do i i do i spend months and months in in organizations training people in how to deliver that kind of feedback so let's talk about temptations yeah what do you think well i, I have something called the 10 temptations and basically what it is it's it's ta- it's discussing these self-preservation instincts mm-hmm. that all of us have it's a Absolutely. it's a quality of being a human being yep and we know about fight and flight. We, you yep. know, we know about those. But when I did my research for this book, I, I uncovered like 10 other ways in which we have an instinct, basically, to protect ourselves, to fight back, to, you know, well, one of them is um, not standing up for yourself when somebody violates your dignity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an instinct that protects us from doing that. And, but the problem is these instincts are outdated because these temptations, you know, like the, let me give you a couple of others, like taking the bait. So when someone comes at you, our right. instinct is to go back and fight with them, right? Right, right? But that only makes you a perpetrator of, um, of you know, uh, becoming a dignity violator yourself. But you say righteously, well, he started it and I'm going to just get back, get even with him. Right. That whole concept of getting even is a way to undermine our own dignity. Uh, I wish we had time to go through more. Our producers just tell us we have to wrap it up. So let's just go one more out of the 10 that you think is, is an important one to share with our listeners. Don't assume you're an innocent victim in a failed relationship. Don't believe you. Don't believe you're a, an innocent victim in a relationship that goes bad. It goes bad. There's always some kind of a contribution that we make. I mean, it may not be the same. It may not be nine, you know, could be 90, 10 yeah. percent, mm-hmm. but we're, there is always something. And we have always got something to learn from these conflicts that we get into. Fantastic. Don Hicks, thank you so much for being on Talk with Francesca You're today. welcome. All right. To find out more about what's ahead on Talk with Francesca, visit my website, talkwithfrancesca.com, and click on Upcoming Shows. And, of course, if you missed the show today, it'll be posted on my website, as it always is. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope I gave you something to talk about. Don't try so hard.